this this is so exciting. Welcome, welcome everyone to season two. Yes, of Lake Trees. We Walking. got renewed. We got picked up. <laughs> we we made it through the roughest time, that downtime while you're waiting to see if you got the back end pickup. Oh my gosh! And, but they uh, ordered a fresh twenty four episodes. Well, yeah, we had the pilot and twenty four episodes. Yeah, so twenty five total. So this is, uh, yeah, but this is episode 201. So no more confusion because we had the pilot and then we had numbered episodes. Yeah, so people we were like, never knew where we were. <laughs> and people were like, you've done like 124 <laughs> epi- like, episodes, you madman. But uh, yes, this is Like Trees Walking. And uh, Dave, explain what this is. So this is the podcast where we talk about um, the big questions and issues of the day and when it comes to philosophy, theology, uh, culture. Um, we do it with a smile on our face, a winsome pep in our step, uh, and you know we're open to uh, everyone. We we are Christians. We come from a Christian perspective, but we say, "Come ye, hear ye, come one, come all." Uh, we hope to fairly fairly represent um, the beliefs and opinions of those who don't share our perspective, and and, and we want to uh, let you listen in on this conversation. A, a respectful, winsome, cheerful, not smug, not condescending, not jerky way to talk about these big questions we are we are paul on mars hill and we hope that you like the people there that day we want to hear more of this yes this person yes it's a very so our goals here are very modest um usually you know that's uh, all i ever accomplish is modest, <laughs> modest. Goals. but you know what when it, just like <laughs> just like clothes and arguments modest is hottest <laughs> Is that uh, is that something someone said once? Yeah, or did have, you make this up? No, I have heard. I can't trademark that myself. Uh, but just that's why I'm dressed the way I am today, Mike. Leaving something to your imagination. You are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much to your imagination. Normally, you wear something rather low cut. I do and... have plunging necklines <laughs> usually. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> an image. I will shake quickly and move on because we have an exciting show. If you listen in uh, chronological order, last show we had a cliffhanger yeah we talked about the subject of breadcrumbing that is where you give someone in your life just tiny bits of of hope and information across the uh across your phones usually yeah it's texting is the main way texting and uh so we we did an experiment with our own spouses (laughs) we breadcrumbed our spouses and we'll give you the results of that coming up later in the show We'll talk about our uh, our big subject of the day, and uh, and then we uh, we also have a uh, a fun department, um, a great department. But let's uh, let's get underway with the, the the main topic because we well why don't you introduce it and then we can uh, we we have an example we can sort of lead into our example so you introduce happily 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 so um, I think one of the most challenging aspects of uh, of being a Christian. Um, in the 21st century as a, as a quote unquote modern person is this aspect. Oh, okay. You know, like, yeah, I can come on board. Like I can believe in a God, the God of the philosophers, sort of the God of Aristotle, you know, the, the, the uncaused cause, um, the first mover, I'd say almost sort of like a, the God of deism, which was the God of the, uh, many of the founding fathers of, uh, of, uh, the United States of America were deists. They weren't atheists, but they were like, you know what, if God did anything like, it's sort of like he set the ball rolling and he wound the clock up and he just let it go. And it's like, and go. Whatever happens. Yeah. Like he's like, I made this. Now I set the laws. It's it's running itself. You do you. It's like 
It's like an exp- a science experiment that you just sort of set going and then you turn your it's back a video on. it's a sandbox video game as they call those where you just what? it's a wide open world and you just go play in the sandbox yes. it doesn't have a set course you just go mess around in this world god created yeah and so in in this world it's like it's kind of like i think not hard to for folks to come around to necessarily believing in the God of the Deists. Like, yeah, okay, sure, some being uh, or power or force set this going, and he's turned his back on it and has nothing to do with it at all, which is not actually, like, that much different than atheism, I would say. <laughs> like, anyways, like, well, like, we're on our we're on our own, you know? Yeah. And because if, if God's out there, he is either just watching and being like, or he's turned his back on it and turned on to some other experiment that he has going. So we're on our own, uh, and no one's getting out of this thing alive is, is, is the long and the short of it. And where it really gets disruptive from the Christian perspective, because we're not uh, deists, we're not God wound the clock, we're not the sandbox video game designer God. We're saying, no, 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 that God is intimately involved with his mm-hmm. creation that, you know, the, the, the most central claims are, you know, one, God created this universe, but not just that, that he made human beings in his image and likeness, so the arrival of beings like human beings says something about God, um, that there's a purpose behind it all. And then that God, uh, from time to time, uh, interacts with this, this creation in extraordinary ways, ways that we would say are miraculous, right? That, that go against the way that things normally operate, almost an invasion, if you will. So the central miracle being there, the central miracles being, you know, the incarnation, God becoming flesh in Jesus, the resurrection, okay, when you didn't need uh, modern 21st century people to say that when people die, they stay dead. That's, right. that's been like a universal, a universally acknowledged fact. But no, Jesus died, and he was raised again, and he ascended uh, into the heavens. Um, the Red Sea parts, uh, you know, basically, like, particularly with the New Testament and the ministry, life and ministry of Jesus, like, there's just all these miraculous things happening all over the place. And so to the more rationally minded person, they'd go like, "Eh, eh, I can go to the deist God, but the God who's like getting his hands dirty and he's all up in this business, I can't deal with this because it just goes, it, it violates the laws of nature as we know them. And you can't break the laws of nature. Like the laws are the laws. They are what they are. Gravity is true. Whether you want it to be wanted to or not or not. Exactly. So like, Sorry, I can't. I can't go there. I'll get you. I'll give you the. I'll give you the philosopher, God, but not the Christian God. It. It. It's just too fantastical for me to believe. Magic and miracles. You've made a convincing case. I am now a deist. Thank you for that. No, what? Uh, what do <laughs> like deist walking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what do we say to this person? What is the thoughtful? Christian response to someone who is skeptical of, uh, deeply skeptical of the miracles. What do we say to them? Mike? <laughs> well, uh, here's what I say. First of all, the miracles, the, the, the continuation of the natural order, people say they don't happen because this just doesn't happen. People don't rise from the dead. Um, you know, water does not miraculously change into wine. Yep. And uh, my response is, of course it doesn't. That's the point of the miracle. And, and uh, the person 
people that people don't rise from the dead, as you mentioned, is the miracle. That is why people took note in history. So first off, these things, they have a theological point that God is making, and that is why he is busting into the natural order. And there's nothing spectacular about it once you believe in God. Once you believe in God, then the miracle parts are just, well, of course, God created all the rules of this natural order. He created every atom in it. He knows how that atom behaves, and so his breaking the natural order does not, to me, seem like well, I can believe in this God who who whipped up a universe out of nothing, but I can't believe that he would intervene in <laughs> this small water ways. to wine business is just it's a little just, bit. Yeah, much. I, I I just don't I don't understand accepting a and not accepting what I think is a much smaller thing, which is b God making his points through these things we call miracles. So that there's not a uh, not a prima facie uh, to use a theological, but like like a sort of a a, a, a pre existing reason to reject the possibility of miracles um uh, on the on the face of it so like if if you accept the existence of a of a god like the deist god who yeah like you said yeah. whips the universe up out of nothing like if you're able to accept that then there's no reason on its face that you should just reject b out of hand as like impossible right. because i would say that the universe the existence of the universe itself like if somehow we we were able to describe that to like to floating minds or whatever, yeah, like before right. it happened, they'd be like, "That's impossible! Like that's impossible! Right. Matter? Never what is matter? Matter? I don't even understand never, what it is. There's no such thing as matter. Like you're just making this up. This is crazy. <laughs> right. And so the the I mean, though it's um, the mere I mean, the sheer existence itself is, I think, to a degree, you could say, miraculous. And there's a couple of great, like truly um, modern philosophers, um, poets, artists. Um, who have painted a beautiful picture of the really the miraculous of the everyday? Can you give me an example? Well, uh, there's this. Uh, they're they're pretty popular artists, um, uh, and they they came up with a song a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know, Mike. Just can you just start playing it? And I'll maybe like. Yeah, let me see if I can. Uh, let me see if I can pull something. Yeah, up. If you I, pull I that think up. I like, know to whom you refer. Yeah, this this would be helpful. And I can kind of narrate it because I think that they, if you want to talk about like maybe something that you could use uh, an artistic expression of this idea that we're kind of dancing around right now. Sure. This okay. I think would really capture it. Okay, so let's listen to the words of these artists, theologians, the Dylan of their generation. <laughs> we got a theory. You see, Mike. <laughs> we got a theory about magic. Speaking Miracles. directly to me. Yes, Mike. If magic is all we've ever known, then it's easy to miss what really goes on. But I've seen miracles in every yes. way. And I see miracles every, every day. Everyday miracles. Ocean spanning beyond my sight. And a million stars way above them at night. You don't have to be high to look in the sky. Don't have to be high. Miracle no, open no wide. Look at the mountains, trees, the seven seas. And everything chilling underwater, please. Hot lava, snow, rain and fog. Yes. <laughs> there we, yes, that does paint quite a vivid picture of, of miracles and their, uh, yeah. That was the Insane Clown Posse. ICP. ICP, what we're, their song? We're drinking a Fago soda right now. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say that either, Mike, or we don't, we're not down enough to consider ourselves juggalos. No. But we, uh, we, we respect the voice of, uh, of the ICP <laughs> and right. the perspective that they bring on this. 
And uh, famously, they they wondered about the existence of magnets as well. You may have yes, you like may recall that like in the same song, they do just offer a really just a sort of a wow magnets. I mean, how do they work? Right, is basically what they say. <laughs> and so I think we the topic is done and done and closed. <laughs> they have answered the question, right? The yeah. So skeptics. like, if you are, I mean, yeah, I think if you are as wowed as these guys are. By just the existence of the world and everything. I love it. They bring a real childlike wonder to just um, the quotidian, you know, we go like, oh, mountains, like they're just there. No, like this is incredible that we live on a planet where there are mountains and long-necked giraffes and cats and dogs. I mean, like it's – I'm not making fun of them. Like there is a – I mean – Really, when you stop and look at the world, like it didn't have to be this way. The sheer contingency and that we get to inhabit it. Wow. At yeah. this moment in time, it's amazing. It's a very, uh, and we, we always come back to him, it's very Chestertonian. It is. He's very much into the, the miracle of the everyday and the fact that if you take a step back and look at life through the eyes of a child, which is a, a cliche, but everything then is new and everything is a miracle. Like, how did this, really, how did this get here? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is, it, you know, we're, we're not making fun of it. It is actual evidence of miracles <laughs> that there is matter and existence and things taking form and shape and making sense to us. Yeah. And, and so when we talk, you know, so the, the grand miracle of existence, we're not trying to just punt uh, the ball away and say, like, well, yeah, this and you must accept that. I mean, these are, you know, uh, remarkable claims of, of what happens. But the and they are they're they stand out because they are miracles because they go against what is repeatable or replicable or anything else. You know, you could never, you can't design an experiment for, for miracles. These stand out. But once you believe in, in the God of the Bible, you know, this, this is uh, easier to understand. I think the greater question is why doesn't God do these things more? And my response to that is that God only seems to perform these great kind of miracles that we see in scripture in really advancing the story of the history of salvation of his people, that um, it's at these really crucial moments in, um, in his history, in the history of his people um, and in, in his saving of, uh, of the human race that he engages in these miraculous, um, these miraculous things. They're, they're integrally intertwined into the history of salvation, which we have um, in scripture. So, uh, but, uh, you know, and C.S. Lewis has a whole book on this, you know, called Miracles. I, I, its subtitle is great. I forget the subtitle. Yeah, I forget. That's one of my favorites. I love Miracles. I think I, I reread that every couple of years. Uh, a great book. Is that the one where he, at the beginning, advances uh, an argument that I always thought was compelling, at least as a little thought experiment, where he said that um, if you tell someone that uh, there's a spirit in the other room and they believed it, they would be afraid and he said, that's a very telling thing. Like, why would you why would you be afraid of a spirit, the, the numinous, as he calls it? And uh, it, it's it's sort of a little thought experiment about the existence of God that we tremble in the in the, the you know, in front of this spirit. And so spirit must exist. The uh, um, the, the subject. So it's miracles, a preliminary study for the reader who has difficulty in finding use for miracles. The author restores them to their reasonable place as a part of God's way with man. I thought, people don't do subtitles like that so anymore. So you're just carrying that book around. Well, I have. I brought it because I uh, I thought we'd talk about it, so I, I just brought it. But uh, and I think that there's a lot of um, aspects of the argument that uh, we probably do several episodes sort of tracing various ones of these out. But that kind of the objection that if it, there's one that you know if God intervened like this would 
screw everything up. You know, mm-hmm. if he if he reached his hands down into um, the natural laws, it would throw everything off, off and it would be chaos. So God can't do that. The butterfly effect for God? Is yeah, that that's kind of what it is. It's like the butterfly effect for God. Like it would just throw everything topsy-turvy. It would ruin everything. And he has this great image of like, you know, if you th- like throwing a stone in the ocean or, uh, you know, I mean, you could think, think even, you know, reaching your hands into a bowl of water. Like when that moment hits, it's very disruptive. But the natural order of things is to yeah. absorb it and return to um, a state of kind of equilibrium. So, right. um, so that there's no reason prima facie to reject this possibility. And, and with, a, with a great God, um, he can do this for his reasons. And I think that the more interesting question isn't can God do this, but why does God do these particular miracles at these particular times? What, what, what message is he sending to us through them? And so the specific miracles that people tend to object to is that uh, that's our answer to them is these you you have to get into the theological reasons for them and then they they will make more sense to you right yes so there's a little more hard work to do but yeah the dismissing them um, if you're a deist is there's no reason for that no yeah so it's it's not the like hey it's not good enough to stop it like hey the concept of miracles is weird or impossible so I want to do it it's actually the real challenge is to go like, why these? Why then? What was God up to? What was he thinking? What was his, what, what was he doing? That's um, that's the really interesting hard work that we uh, that we want people to engage in. Well, I think maybe we should revisit this topic, but let me uh, let's put a cap on this one issue. What is the difference between? Because a lot of people will say, well, there were plenty of magicians running around Palestine at that time, ancient Palestine at the time of Jesus. There were some right before him who claimed to be miraculous and mm-hmm. this is he's just uh continuing in this you know this this sort of carnival barker yeah yeah know, yeah Sn- snake mode. oil yeah so what, what do we say to that I, I mean i think that one there's a big difference between magic and miracle um and so uh though that's maybe not the distinction made by our friends from the insane clown <laughs> posse um but i'm not going to get into the icp mythology world uh, but that magic is like a human attempt to manipulate the created order for our own our own ends and our own purposes, kind of like alchemy, you know, as magic. Like right. if we could just turn these less valuable metals into gold, we would enrich ourselves. All magic has to do with a human manipulation for the sort of our own prideful, greedy ends. Um, but miracles are uh, God's way of setting the created world um, to right and restoring it to its rightful purpose. And so, um, you know, that there is wandering, you know, sages or miracle workers or wonder workers. Uh, Jesus stands apart just from, um, I mean, the sheer record that has survived about him, like that there's no way to disentangle the miraculous from his life or his ministry. And the uh, ripple effect that was caused by his life to this point, um, to me, is really strong evidence that there was something to this, what he was doing. Like, this wasn't just a P.T. Barnum show or, you know, or Smoke and Mirrors. Like, that when this guy did something, you know, even his harshest critics had to acknowledge that there was, that he was doing something. But it was just the accusation was, well, he's doing this by some other darker force or or something like that. But but that Jesus is the, the impact that he has made on the history of the world are, is a really strong piece of evidence for me that he did this. He did this stuff. Right. And it wasn't magic because it was about restoring the world, not about um, enriching himself yeah, or and you manipulating you can see himself. that it wasn't just magic through the reactions of people around him and the records that occurred and their 
response to these miracles. And he was very, very, you see, he's very, very reticent to become known. I think he was very worried about getting this reputation as a magician because he was always saying to people, like, don't tell anyone. Right. You know, that most of these miracles were private and, and he wanted to keep the secret uh, because he didn't want to be seen as just another one of these guys going around trying to drum up a crowd and, and make some money for himself. So right. he was he was very self-conscious about the risk, I think, in, in what he was doing. Right. Well, maybe in the future we'll crack Mr. Lewis's book with the long and clumsy subtitle. There it is being yep. fanned in front of you right now. It's very, I mean, it's very good. It is. It's really good, and it, it, it holds up. He's a good thinker. So we'll revisit that. Uh, we'll take a little break right now, and when we come back, we'll give you the shocking response to our breadcrumbing our wives as well as uh, another uh, department. Yes. So, uh, yet to be revealed. Uh, we'll be right back after this on Like Trees Walking. Hey everyone, it's Dave Berge here, and I just want to thank you so much for listening to this show. And there's a few things I want to ask you to do. Uh, the first is if you are in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on March 8th, that's a Wednesday night at 7 p.m., you can come and see Like Trees Walking live. It's going to be a live taping of our podcast at the Uptown VFW. That is on Lake Street and Lindale at VFW Post number 246, and there's free parking in the parking lot, it's in the back. So just if you take Aldrich off of Lake Street, you'll be able to find it right there. So come join us. Uh, it's sure to be a fun night. Uh, so we really look forward to you coming out. Um, the next thing, if you're on iTunes or whatever you do, Google Play Store, if you could click subscribe, that would be awesome. Um, then you'll always get the freshest uh, episodes as soon as they come out. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at LTWPod or um, at David underscore Berge or at Michael J. Nelson. Uh, we'd be happy to have you, and you can see what we're up to in other realms there. And, uh, yeah, give us a rating, a review. Thank you so much for your loyalty, your support, your love. It means the world to us. All right, let's get back to the show. And we are back on Like Trees Walking. And as promised, uh, first of all, anything to say on, uh, on miracles? Oh, yeah. Miracles? Uh, I'd say, listen, first of all, there's much wisdom divine with the insane clown posse and their right. childlike wonder at the wonders of existence. And when we consider just the you know, miraculous nature of the fact that we are conscious beings able to reflect like able to understand and reflect on all the wonder and glory that surrounds us. Um, the grand miracle of existence can help, to, can lead us to, I think, a greater openness to accept the particular uh, miracles that God performs. And so the question isn't, could God do that? But why would God do those, do those things? And what is he trying to tell us by doing those things? And what's the purpose behind that? Cogito ICP ergo sum. I think <laughs> uh, the same way as the insane clown posse, therefore I am. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, and I, and I feel like ICP, if anyone's on the right side of history, <laughs> it's... to use that phrase, it's <laughs> them. <laughs> Sorry. That had nothing to do with anything. All else. right, so that's so. Miracles, and as we promised... Oh, and I, I, I didn't mention that our department is a movie review. Yes. Stick around for that. We're putting on our uh, critics' hats, and that'll be coming up. But now... Let us reveal the cliffhanger. What was the response? So we breadcrumbed our spouses, bread our wives, um, respectively. So um, we what each, was your? How did you breadcrumb your wife? I sent my wife a text that said, "Hey, 
And Mike, how did you breadcrumb your wife? <laughs> My wife is uh, currently out of town. She's working on a project. So uh, I also just sent the text, hey, and, which I should say I have never done in my life oh, to any human if being, you could so have seen deeply out of care people i wish i could have taken a, like a, a video of this mike was just cr- like i could tell that this was like he was so uncomfortable he felt as though his dignity was being trampled upon as he was typing and when he pressed send it was like he felt as though he had debased himself yeah, in was, some profound it was way very difficult to do and uh what was the response from uh, from your spouse um so far Nothing. Silence. 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 From Hopefully, my I hope it's a, a cold shoulder silence. Like, oh, Dave's up to something. Why stupid. would he send me this? Like, this is absolutely absurd. My um, and my wife's response. Uh, she it, obviously the breadcrumbing didn't even register in her head, and she sent back a cheerful message. Hey, um, I'll call you in a minute. I'm working on something. <laughs> so it didn't even uh, it didn't even appear strange because she couldn't even hold the strangeness in her head so yeah. obviously she'll ask me what what, what was the hey yeah what's about? up yeah <laughs> what's going on i it was great and when i explain it to her she'll she'll understand but uh, yeah so nothing there the breadcrumbing failed spectacularly uh, on no, both of our i feel like yours worked mine didn't yours... you don't know yet well this, i'll find uh, out another cliffhanger this right. could happen during this segment of the show as we're doing we my out. phone started ringing as we were talking and i was like oh is, is she calling me to be like what's up and no it was someone else totally Dang. calling me all right you know? well hopefully we'll get to that before the end of the show but now as promised our movie review da, 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 da. it's hollywood That's our theme mike song. and dave on the movies yes and the movie review because we've talked about it before it's loomed large which I'm not happy about in this program. Yeah, this uh, this has been a major focus of our cinematic. Um, this is where Dave and I we agree on many things, but we deep, deeply divided. Deeply divided on this. So. so this is my review of Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue One, which hit the theaters for Christmas time. For Christmas time, one of the most successful movies ever made. By the way, I mean, Ugh. Bafo <laughs> money. And the reviews were extremely positive of it. That, that some, many said, this is the best Star Wars movie since an Empire or something like that. Which and, is kind of like saying, you know, this is the best raccoon I've run over on the road <laughs> after it's already been hit three days before. I mean, there's, you know, we're talking the level of quality here is right. no one's ever praised a Star Wars movie before, have they? Uh, so saying it's the best. Is, Mike. Is so right. I'm going to say, uh, uh, so here's my Carton review. of rotten eggs. Here's my review. Here, here's what I really, really enjoyed about it was that, and I thought it was a good movie. Um, uh, kind of the end action sequence. Some people love that. For me, it was a bit long, um, like a bit tedious, the sort of the, the end battle scene. Um, it was, How was Jar Jar? Jar, Jar <laughs> there was actually the best robot character that they've introduced. Um, you know, because they keep like going back to C three PO and R two D two, like which are there's those are great. I mean, brilliant characters. Uh, they are Mike. They are. You're so you're laughing at me like I'm an idiot. They are great characters. Um, but you know, they had never like found. I thought BB eight was fine. I mean, but very derivative. You know that that. I think what this Rogue One revealed to me was just how much of like a um, like rehash that The Force Awakened was, and that it got so much love. And as I sat there in the theater, I said that I thought The Force Awakens was an entertaining movie, like, and that, but that most of it was a reaction to like the fact that the prequels were so bad, and that people were worried that Star Wars had been ruined forever, 
and that like you couldn't make us entertaining Star Wars themed movie. And they were like, finally, like a real actual movie with the Force Awakens, ignoring, of course, like the fact that it was just literally like, I mean, just a pastiche of everything that had come it was before. An absolute pander fest, just from top to bottom, stem to stern, just pandering, just shoveling out red meat to the to a hungry crowd. And it was maybe even more like over the top in its like, especially the bad guy first order thing, like way more over the top than the original trilogy. Like the first order, we are Nazis. If you can't tell. Like, I, I liked the uh, the character trait of that guy who I thought was just wretched in that role. Um, I, I <laughs> Be British and yell. Uh, is he British? Yeah, the guy was British. Like the first, you have to understand that evil people are always British. Oh, okay. Well, he had a trait of he threw temper tantrums. It was like his that was his thing. <laughs> and then in the third act, at the last act, when he's fighting the the they're battling the ultimate evil. His thing was that he hit himself, like he punched himself. Uh, that was his trait. Who punched himself? Are we the, talking that about the evil same guy? guy in in the in the Force Awakens? Are you talking about Kylo? I'm talking about Hux, General Hux. You're talking about Kylo Ren, I think. Yeah, in that movie. In no, Kylo Ren is. We were the talking pa- about the Pander Fest, the awful one. Yeah. I know you're reviewing the new one. I'm just pointing out. All right, okay, but no, I was talking about General Hux from the old one. Like he was the British evil, like Admiral Empire guy, and Kylo Ren is like the new Darth Vader guy. Yeah. Well, okay. He well, stinks. We're, we're talking. <laughs> they, they all stink. I mean, Mike didn't like. Mike doesn't like anything about it. And if you're confused by what he was saying, don't worry, people. Um, it's okay, Mike. 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 I'm knows often. Con- I'm. I admit to uh, full confusion. Because Mike, as Mike has said before, he said, "I don't like. I can't remember anything. You know much about. Like Mike has a hard time remembering I these very memorable movies. Poo poo re straight from. <laughs> I do Clocky hate, McDougal. I do or hate the names. I do yeah, hate it's, names. It's so. Charming. But I thought. Um, I thought Rogue One. Um, was a it wasn't like a, the best movie ever made, but it was a solid popcorn four out of five star movie. Like, uh, and what I like, you know, some people are like. Um, hey, you know, like that th- this movie was so uh, dark. I didn't think it was that dark, and I did like that it it ended. Like I was like, oh, okay, now we're gonna have like the Rogue One like trilogy. We're gonna have like Rogue Two and then <laughs> Rogue Three or whatever. Um, I I like that it's just a standalone movie. Like it, I think allowed them to not have to like be writing the next story, and so it was really a movie that is kind of par- prequel parallel with A New Hope. Really leads you into it, so. I thought that was very, very fun to sort of see that backstory. Um, I thought that it was, uh, you wait, know, wait, what's a new hope? What is that? That's a, that's a new hope is the original like first Star Wars movie that came out in 1977 oh, or whatever. God, so he's still like they're playing with a timeline. All these movies, yeah, it was good. What, yeah, so I thought it was like a really excellent way to show that backstory. Very fun, good, you know, really good characters. Um, so I, I thought it was just an, a really enjoyable. Star Wars universe movie standalone one-off um, didn't have to try to like keep telling the story. It could just be one little contained episode, which I really really liked about it. Um, again, battle scene too long at the end. Um, you know, also um, I guess I, I I thought that you know maybe perhaps uh, like I wasn't at I didn't like the CGI that they did with the um they did with carrie fisher the late great carrie fisher now yes um and the guy i can't remember his name but the character's name is grand moff tarkin he's like a sort of a sure, one grandma tarkin yeah <laughs> grand moff tarkin his uh his cheeks were like he's like the the one um old british man who's the 
who's in charge of the Death Star, like a very evil guy. Um, Grand Moff Tarkin, the fact that they did the CGI for those two, I thought was really kind of disturbing. They just, it was like that. They just looked off, like they looked real, but off. And I hate it. I actually really hate that they did that. Um, they could have just found actors to like portray those people and kind of look alike them. And, and so I, I, to me, that was sort of a desecration, like, like dead. Someone's referred to these kind of CGI people as like, dead human puppets and that's kind of what they look like to me that is creepy i will point out you got dangerously close in this review of my uh my pet peeve is when people tell you you know it wasn't great but you just have to turn off your mind and just watch it and i i, I refuse to do that when i watch a movie um i, I, I wasn't like saying to turn engage. off your mind i know i said you got close to that you said it was just an enjoyable popcorn film it was meaning that it's got lots of eye candy explosions. Yeah. You know, it's fun. It's 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 fun. It's not uh, it's not like you know Inception. It doesn't have any pretenses where it's trying to be this you know deep philosophical you know mind bender. Like it it's just a it's just a good entertaining movie. Uh, and you know it does raise some interesting questions about what you know if you're on the right side. You know the rebel side how willing are you going to sort of morally compromise yourself to defeat a greater evil? I mean, that is a philosophical question that is raised by the movie. Nice job trying to wedge that in there at the end. (laughs) All right, so I did not see it, but I'm giving it a a big thumbs down. I suggest you stay stay far, far away from the theater. And Dave, you're giving it a thumbs up. I'm definitely giving it a thumbs up. Go check it out. It's not the best movie you're ever going to see, but it's it's a really good... um, iteration in the star wars universe so enjoy okay. it so he says put on your sweaty wookie costume and the names and go down there and <laughs> the names the are film. but mike has a, i think your point that stands is the way they name these characters is like <laughs> it's I, you can't believe the character there's gotta names. be a, a name generator online that you can go to that just cooks up this, they are so dumb like so like dumb. they are so they've gotten just progressively dumber They're, as the years goes on yeah but I will always defend the name of my favorite character. He's a pilot. He's a rebel uh, pilot. He shows up. Maybe it's just in Return of the Jedi. He kind of looks like a fish with his oh, face. Uh, Wait, what? The fish guy? Yeah. I thought that was General... No, that's Admiral Akbar. He's oh. a Mon Calamari. Like, I mean that he's fish-like, and then he kind of looks like he has gills on his face. Like, he has very saggy flaps and folds on his face. <laughs> I believe his name is Nyenub. Nyenub? Nyenub. How are you spelling that? Uh, <laughs> like N I E N N Y U B or something like that. Nyenub. Oh, I'm putting an end to this. <laughs> I'm bringing up the music <laughs> and, and ending it all. And my favorite, and Return of the Jedi, the ending song from the original trilogy, Yub Nub. Uh, also love Yub Nub. Uh, did, did, we, did we dip we into did. that once on the we show? We did, but I just <laughs> love how you laugh. Yub nub gichi gura. It's all awful. <laughs> Shut it off. Make it stop. This is like trees walking. We promise uh, a moratorium on Star Wars for the rest of this program. No. So long, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>